This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Hi, family. So good to be with you again this weekend in South Africa. Now, if you are in church, either in the main auditorium or if you are in the Dr. Theo or the Dr. Bev or the Theatre or the Sheila Palmer, won't you give God a great big praise the Lord, hand clap. So good to be in church and all of you that are not in church, give the Lord a big hand clap as well right there at home. Praise God. If you're driving your car, I don't recommend you do that, but you can just tell the Lord that uh, you're happy to be listening to the Word of God. Amen. All right, now our message is titled Standing Against Fear, Part 3. And uh, I said in Part 1 that there were a lot of fears we're dealing with in our world today, and I mentioned some of those fears, which I don't want to recap. I do want to encourage you, though, to go back and listen to Part 1 and Part 2, and if you haven't heard it, it's essential. It's essential. And I'm going to share with you now from the Word of God why it is essential before we start part three, okay? All right, let's open our Bibles then to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1 from the New King James Translation. The Word of God says, But know this, that in the last days... Perilous times will come. We're living in the last days right now. No doubt about it. And God says right here that perilous times will come. What does that mean? That means exposure to danger. We will be exposed to danger in these last days. That's going to happen whether you like it or not. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, and unholy. Is this true? Do we see this today? You think back of the 50s if you were old enough, or the 60s, or the 70s, or the 80s, or even the 90s, how things could progressively got worse in the world, or right around the world. And then the then early 2000 to 2010, rapidly worse. And from 2010 till now, extremely bad. I'm talking about every facet of society. Just look at movies. Consider movies how they were in the 50s and the 60s. Clean, no bad words. Nothing bad on them. On them. Everybody dressed nicely in those days too. And you think of movies today. The kind of stuff you can see on movies today is horrific. Evil, actually. And uh, you think of the way people dressed back in 50s, 60s, 70s. You know, people wore suits all the time out in the street, amazingly enough, didn't they? And um, the ladies wore dresses and hats out in the street. That's amazing. Those days are gone, right? People don't dress like, like that anymore. You think about music. 
Music were, were sweet ballads back in the 50s. And today, wow, the kind of music you can get today is unbelievable. So every facet of life, you think of the way people behave, you think of the schools. The children were so obedient in schools back in those years. And today, well, it's like the insane psalm. It's like the insane people have, have, have hijacked the insane asylum and taken over the doctors and put the doctors in jail and in the, in, the, in, the, in the cells and taken over. It's crazy what's going on, right? So look at this here then. Verse 3 says, Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good. Don't they despise good today? They do. Traitors. You can't get people to honor their word today. Even among Christians, a person's word means nothing. They'll say, I'll be there, and they don't even phone you, they don't come. That happens to me all the time. All the time. Because Christians are being trained by the unsaved world to live like that. But God doesn't do that. God is not like that. If God were to say something and not show up and not take care of it and not do it, you wouldn't serve him. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying God's power. What's that? That's religion. Having a form of godliness but denying God's power is ritual. It's religion. And from such people turn away. God said turn away from them. Turn away. And then go to uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit of God expressly says that in the latter times, which is now, some will depart from the faith. Depart from the faith. Stop serving Jesus. Stop believing in Jesus. Giving heed to, to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. That means Christians will fall away and the unsaved too and have no conscience. They'll lie to your face and they'll not feel guilty about it. They've seared their conscience. People like that can't get saved. They've got no conscience. They can't ever go to heaven. They're really in death. Then have a look at uh, Matthew 24, verse 9, from the New Living Translation. Matthew 24, verse 9 says, Jesus speaking now, right? Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. This is talking about Christians being persecuted in these end times just before the rapture. This is happening right now around the world. There are more Christians being martyred, executed, for their faith in Christ than in history at any time. Right now. It says you will be hated by all. You'll be hated all over the world because of your allegiance to me. And many will turn away from me. There it is again. Many will turn away from Jesus. And betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will arise or appear and will lead many people astray. 
Sin will be rampant everywhere. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. They'll stop believing in Jesus, stop loving the Lord. But those who endure to the end will be saved. In other words, those who fall away will not be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then finally the end will come. So Jesus said the gospel will be preached around the world to all nations. Why? There is going to be a worldwide revival. The five wise virgins, the bride of Christ, is going to get more on fire than ever and they'll begin preaching. And this is how you'll distinguish the difference between the foolish virgins and the wise virgins. The wise virgins will become soul winners. That's what's going to happen. They'll be on fire. They won't be able to stop talking about Jesus wherever they go. And signs, wonders, and miracles will work through their lives, and they will be healing people in the streets. Now watch. Go to Luke 21, verse 28, from the New King James translation. That's Luke 21, 28. All right, so I'll find around here a second. Jesus said this. Now when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. When these things begin to happen, look up. Well, they're already happening. So Jesus said, be alert, be awake. Any time now, the rapture could happen. That's what he said. Now go to Hebrews chapter 11. This is so powerful. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to be reading from the New King James translation, verse 33. Now here in Hebrews 11, God gives us the hall of fame of all the uh, great men and women of God of faith, okay? The hall of fame. And uh, he lists many of the great men and women of God of faith in Hebrews 11. And then finally he comes to verse 33 and he says, who through faith subdued kingdoms. They conquered kingdoms. Worked righteousness obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions like Daniel, like David, quenched the violence of fire, escaped like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to, fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. That means put the evil people armies to flight. Women received their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Others were tortured, not accepting the deliverance they offered, was offered to them, that they might obtain a better resurrection, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Wow. 
So we can see clearly then that perilous times will come. And uh, Jesus said it. He said, these problems are going to come now and they're, they're here, started already. That's why we have to know how to use the Word of God in these days. That's why feel-good messages are not sufficient. We have to know how to use the Word of God and stand against fear and overcome. All right, so let's go now to Isaiah 54, please. This is where we ended up last week, right? Isaiah 54, verse 14. In righteousness, you shall be established. That means I will declare righteousness. I'll declare you righteous. And because you are righteous, you are established. You shall be far from oppression, for you shall not fear. All right? You shall be far from oppression, because you shall not fear. You will not be oppressed by demons, because you will not be afraid. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. You will not be afraid, you will not be oppressed, and you will not have terror. So he's saying that because you will not fear, you will not experience terror and oppression. There are people that are terrified because they are afraid, afraid of all these things that are going on around the world right now. But God says, you're not going to fear. That's why these things won't bother you. All right? The opposite is also true. You could say it this way. You shall have a lot of oppression and a lot of terror if you do fear. All right, verse 15. Indeed, they shall surely assemble. Now, who is they that, is, that shall surely assemble? It is fear, oppression, and terror. These problems will come. The things that cause the problems in our world today are going to come. Jesus, we just saw all that in the Scriptures I gave you before. They're going to come. But God says, but not because of me. I'm not behind it. God says, I'm not behind the problems in our world today that cause terror and oppression and fear. Whoever assembles against you shall fall for your sake. Whatever problems come your way, God said it will stop. It will fail. It will not be effective for your sake. And then he goes on to say in verse 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. These are weapons. These problems are weapons. Satan brings these problems to steal the Word of God, to stop us spending time in the Word, to stop us going to church. Because if he can stop us going to church, stop us reading our Bible, we will fall away. We just heard that tonight. You'll fall away or this morning. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. So every problem that comes your way and every bad word spoken against you, it says you shall condemn it. What's that mean? That means you'll speak out against it. You're going to say to this problem, I declare in the name of Jesus, I resist this problem. 
This battle is the Lord's. I will not fear. Say that with me. I resist this problem in the name of Jesus. This battle is the Lord's. I will not fear it. He's taking care of it. All right? So when you do that, you have condemned it. Now, you shall condemn it. It didn't say God will. It said you shall. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue rise against you in judgment. You shall condemn it. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. This is the right of the servants of the Lord. This is the authority of the servants of the Lord. This is the privilege of the servants of the Lord. This is what you have inherited. And their righteousness is of me. I have declared you righteous, says God. In other words, the way to overcome fear is to speak against every thought of fear, every word of fear, everything you see that makes you afraid, speak against it. You must talk to it. Now, to further understand this, this word condemn, we're going to go to 1 Samuel 14, 47. But I want you first, before we leave, now, hopefully you've got your Bible with you, right? So you've got your Bible open. It's Isaiah 54 and verse 17, right? Put a word, a circle around the word condemn and draw a line to the margin of your Bible. And where the line meets the margin, write 1 Samuel 14, verse 47. You must write 1 Samuel 14, verse 47 in the margin of your Bible. Now go there. All right, we're at 1 Samuel 14, 47 now. In your Bible, now watch this. It says, so Saul, now who's Saul? He's the king, the first king ever in Israel. Uh, this is when he was a young man, obedient to God at this stage, did what he was told to do by the Lord. Uh, when he got a little older, he decided he knew better than God and uh, became full of rebellion and so lost the anointing and David became the king instead. But now watch this. When he was still young and obedient to God, the anointing of God was still on him at that stage. All right, so King Saul established his sovereignty over Israel and fought against all his enemies on every side. Against Moab, against the people of Ammon, against Edom, against the kings of Zobah and against the Philistines. Wherever he turned, he harassed them. Wherever he turned, he harassed his enemies. In other words, Saul, wherever he went, he conquered them. All right? Now, put a circle around the word harassed and draw a line from there to your margin. And in your margin, I want you to please write Isaiah 54, Isaiah 54, verse 17. Isaiah 54, verse 17. Now, <clears throat> so the word condemn in Isaiah 54, verse 17, and the word harassed in 1 Samuel 14, 47, are both translated from the same Hebrew word. Both translated from the same 
Hebrew word. Two different words in English, but the same Hebrew word. What's that tell us? That means when God is telling you, you shall condemn the problems that come against you by speaking out to them, he's saying when you do that, you're going to do to them what King Saul did to these nations that came against Israel. You are going to harass them or conquer them or destroy them or put them to naught, not with the sword, but with the sword of your mouth, the Word of God. You've got supernatural weapons, not carnal, supernatural. You'll speak out against these problems and the demons behind them will scatter and you will conquer your circumstances. God wants us to understand this in the last days. We have got to protect our family and our friends and stay victorious because we've got souls to win. We've got souls to win. We've got to disciple them, bring them to church and train them to do what we do. We don't just get them born again like a new baby and leave them out in the bush or the street somewhere to be eaten by wild animals or die out of heat exposure or cold exposure. No, we bring that baby to church, we feed it the good word of God and we make sure it grows and becomes strong to stand on its own to feed and win other souls. Okay, so now then, moving along. How are we supposed to do this? As I've already explained, Here's some more confirmation. Go to Psalm 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let the redeemed of the Lord. God tells us that he has delivered us from the hand of the devil, our enemy. But we must say so. We must say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, the devil. So God tells the believer, we have got to declare I am redeemed. We've got to confess I am redeemed. We must say so. When we confess what God has done for us and what God will do for us, his power goes into action on our behalf and Satan is paralyzed. The word redeemed here means purchased back to the original owner. So God has purchased us back to himself. He created Adam and Eve in the, in the beginning in the garden. And they choose to sin and follow the devil. And he lost the human race. But when Jesus died on the cross and we accept him, he accept him, then he becomes our Lord and no longer the devil that means Jesus purchased us back to the original owner, the one who created us. Amen. Praise God. So if you've been bought by God, you are owned by God, he wants you to confess with your mouth that you are redeemed and that you have dominion over the enemy. Sickness, poverty, sin, death, and Satan used to control us. But now God owns us. And he wants us to say it. Well, let's do that. Say this. I am God's property. I'm not afraid of sickness or death 
awesome. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of the problems around me because God purchased me. He owns me. God says, fear not because I bought you. I own you. Say that. God owns me. Now, where does fear come from? We have already seen from Isaiah 54 and verse 15. He said, these things will assemble against you, but they don't come from me. Now, in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So certainly fear does not come from God. Fear takes the law of faith and uses it against you. So that fear takes the law of faith and uses it against me. Faith works for you. Fear works against you. First, how does faith work? All right, Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will, be, will come to pass, he'll have whatever he says. So Jesus said here that faith works by believing it and saying it. If you meditate in the verse, you will believe it. And then when you do, you must say it. All right, now go to Luke 17 verse 5. Also from the New King James. And the apostles said to the Lord Jesus, increase our faith. So how would you like to ask that question from Jesus personally, yourself? Well, he has his answer. So Lord Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now, when we were in Israel on one of our tours there, there was a long row of mustard seed trees. And these trees were quite big, actually. They were about 25 feet high, and they were big and bushy trees, branches, everything. And then the tour guide showed us a bottle of mustard seeds. These mustard seeds were about the size of a pinhead, maybe even smaller than a pinhead. It's amazing that a small seed like that can grow into a huge tree, right? Okay. Now Jesus said here, if you have faith as a mustard seed, just that much, that's just that much. That's all we need. You can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea and it would obey you. See that? We have to speak to the tree and the tree will obey us. Jesus said that, right? So that's how faith works. Just like that. Speak to your problem and your problem will obey you. The things we desire come when we confess them. And the things we fear will come when we confess them. Just let that hang for a moment. Say that with me. The things I desire will come when I confess them. Now say this. The things I fear will come when I confess them. For example, how's this? People speak their fears all the time. I'm afraid my husband's going to lose his job, especially in these days. When so many companies have closed down, 
because of COVID, I'm really afraid my husband will lose his job. How's this one? I'm afraid my children will fail their exams this year because they haven't been going to school and I'm just concerned they're gonna fail the whole year because of COVID, whatever. Well, how's this one? I'm afraid of such and such disease. I'm afraid of COVID-19 or whatever, the new strain, whatever. I'm afraid. I'm afraid my business will close down. I'm afraid my wife's going to leave me. Like chicken licking, I think the sky is going to fall on me. Faith is the substance of things desired. Fear is the substance of things not desired. Satan has the world destroying itself by speaking all these fears. Satan creates the problems and gets the world to talk about them with fear in their hearts and it compounds the problem. It creates more of the same. Satan works that way. He understands this law. The world thinks that saying something positive is ridiculous. Or like somebody told me one time, I was in a line many years ago, maybe 40 years ago in the line at the bank, wanted to draw some money. <clears throat> and there was quite a long line of people, mostly ladies in front of me. And two ladies in front of me were having this Charlie chat about the latest flu and how bad it was and now everybody's getting this latest flu. So I listened to this for about 10 minutes, <clears throat> and then eventually I thought I couldn't take it anymore. And so I just said, excuse me, and they both <laughs> looked at me. <laughs> I said, you know what? I will never have this flu. So one woman said, hey, I wouldn't speak too soon if I were you. So I said, did you know why I'm not going to have the flu? They said, why? I said, because I just spoke too soon. <laughs> because I just spoke too soon. And that's what we have to do. Speak soon. Faith comes by hearing God's word. Fear comes by listening to the devil and his, world, and his lies. Listen to the devil and the world around you will bring fear. God will not do anything for you without faith. And Satan can do nothing against you to hurt you without fear. Say that the devil cannot hurt me without fear. Satan can't harm us unless we let him. James 4, 7. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Say this, if I, do, if I am a doer of the word, if I am a doer of the word, I am submitting to God. And if I resist the devil, he'll flee from me. So how do I resist the devil? Say, Mr. Devil, I resist you in Jesus' name. I resist this problem in Jesus' name. When you do that, you're resisting the devil. And he will flee from you. Luke 10, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So Jesus gave us authority over Satan and all of his power and he said, if you'll stop the devil, nothing can hurt you. You see, all hurt and problems come from the devil. 
That's what Jesus is saying. But you have authority over him. So talk to the devil behind your problems. Mark 16, 17. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Not maybe. This is talking about a brand new Christian. Jesus said, brand new baby Christians. The first sign that they are born again is they have authority over demons. Right there in Mark 16, 17. Satan can't force you to do anything against your will. He can't force you to do anything against your will. For example, he could not force Eve to eat the forbidden fruit. He enticed her, deceived her, and that's how he got her to eat it. God also delivers us from Satan's temptations. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under the temptation. Praise God. That means there's nothing holding you that you can't get free from. Say so that there's nothing holding me that I can't get free from because God said he will make a way of escape. Now, Satan's method of getting people under his control is, number one, get them to believe a lie. Number two, encourage them to confess the lie and it will bind them. All right, again, Satan's method of getting people under his control Number one, get them to believe a lie. Number two, encourage them to confess a lie and it will bind them. John 8.32, Jesus said, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Satan's going to tell you the lie to bring you to bondage. Jesus said the truth will make you free. So what is truth? Well, Jesus said in John 17, verse 17, your word is truth. So God's word is truth. When you confess the word or know the word, you'll walk in truth, you'll walk in freedom. Let's see how the truth works for us and the lie works against us. All right, Philippians 4:13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that I can do all things. Through Christ, who strengthens me. All right? We hear it, we believe it, and we say it. Then the truth works for us. It brings freedom. We hear it, we believe it, and then we say it. And then the truth works for us and brings us freedom. The lie works against you like this. The lie comes from Satan. It says you can't do that because God's Word said you can do all things. You can't do that. You don't have the intelligence. You don't have the education. You don't have the money to do it. The lie comes. You hear the lie. You believe the lie. You say the lie. And it brings you into bondage. And you'll never accomplish it. So anything that brings doubt, unbelief, it's a lie from the devil. Confess your faith, not your fears. 
Confess your faith, not your fears. Satan must control your tongue to control your life. Say this, the devil has got to control my tongue in order to control my life. So if you'll keep your tongue free to speak God's word, Satan cannot control you and God can work for you. Your tongue is what matters. Your tongue is what matters. Be very careful what you say and how you say it because it'll either defeat you or put you over. All right, so we're going to carry on with this subject next weekend. Very powerful how to stand against the fears that we are dealing with. Now remember, God is on our side. The devil might be on their side, the unsaved, but God is on our side. Jesus said these problems are coming, but he also said, don't worry about it. I'm coming to get you. In the meantime, I'm giving you power to stop the problems around you and win the souls that you come in contact with. That's the bottom line. We are here only to win souls now. God bless you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't miss part four. If you do not know the Lord Jesus, you don't want to continue on into this world without Him. Don't do that. That's suicide. If you want to be sure you're going to heaven one day, I'm going to pray for you and God will give you that assurance right now while you're sitting there. In your heart, you will know that you know that you know God accepts you and you will go to heaven. If you want that assurance, you need to ask God to give it to you. So before I pray, I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask Him by simply putting your hand up and taking it down so I can see it and Jesus can see it. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, slip your hand up right now. I'm going to count to three while you do that. You ready? One, two, three. Slip those hands up if you want to know Jesus and make sure you're going to heaven. And you want God to speak to your heart right now to give you the assurance you will go to heaven one day. All right, praise God. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Now I'm going to say a little prayer here and I invite everybody to say the prayer with me, especially all of you that raise your hands. Let's all say this prayer together. Here we go. Dear God, thank you for sending Jesus. He died on that cross in my place, punished for my sins. Lord Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sin. Thank you, Jesus. Come into my heart. Save my life. Thank you, Jesus. I declare you are my Lord and I will live for you with all my heart till I see you face to face. Praise God I'm saved. I'm bound for heaven. God is my Father. I am God's child from today. Congratulations to all of you who can open your eyes that said that prayer for the very first time. And if you'll continue to stay in fellowship with Jesus, you will make it to heaven. That's the key. Stay in fellowship. Just come to church, read your Bible, talk to the Lord. If you'll do those simple things, 
you're guaranteed to go to heaven one day. All right, well, we love you, Pastor Biff and I are praying for you. And uh, we thank you for praying for us as well. We're trusting God for a great revival in these last days, like the word promised. We want to be in that revival, all of us, don't we? Amen. All right, family, take care. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.